0: It's what I do. Come on in. Come on in. It's what I do. Good morning afternoon evening no matter where you are hey I wanted to record a teachers 30 days of prayer um, on Facebook this morning just to see if I would get any better quality with my webcam my Facebook analytics says that if I were record at 6 p.m. I would have a lot more people on but I'm usually really busy at 6 p.m. so I'm recording this for my Facebook I mean for my YouTube channel for the people that have gotten the teachers 30 days of prayer journals um, on the thumbnails later you'll see what both journals look like because I have a couple of actually there's like three different designs you can get the ones with color The ones without color, which of course are a lot cheaper, and um, there's some that are way too uh, expensive. I'm really irritated with the distributors on that. So let's go ahead and get going today. On um, today uh, with our journals, we're on day 15. we um, we are on day 15 and our scripture today is ephesians 415 ephesians 4:15 4, if you have your journals turn to day 15 if not turn to your bibles and I'll give you a couple of minutes to do that good morning good morning ephesians 415. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we grow to become in every aspect the mature body of him who is the head, who that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. I I thought this was a good scripture but remember that anytime we read scripture, we need to read it within the context of that it is written. And so Jesus, um, or Paul is, uh, um, is talking about the maturity of the body of Christ. And so how this relates to teaching is that in the, that first sentence, um, in Ephesians, it talks about speaking the truth in love. And so when we speak the truth, when we speak the truth in love, we can do that in any stage of teaching or, or education or administration. And so when we talk about the whole educational system or even the church system, you know, we have layers upon layers upon layers. I mean, even for a small school district, it'll take hundreds of people to make sure that it flows effectively. And if... If it's a large school district, like some, I've worked in one really large school district to where, I mean, the thousands, thousands of people, you know, help to make that school district run. And when we talk about speaking the truth in love and counseling, when I was, um, my first degree is in biblical counseling. And so one thing we learned Is that, you know, when we we speak to people, you know, we talk about how you made me feel and and how we feel. But when you get into certain parts of administration, it's not about how you feel or how, you know, things. It's about how things are running. And then when you have to correct somebody, you you have to do it in love. You you can't do it in malicious or with a malicious intent. You can't do it. Nasty, uh, you in the gospel is it for anybody to receive the gospel? It has to be done in love, and so it's hard not to judge when you don't understand why people are doing certain things, why they may be acting up in your classroom, why they may be acting up in your church, why your neighbor may be acting up it's hard to understand and we're going to talk a little bit about you know what we have to do when that happens um so the truth of the gospel number one the truth of the gospel and the truth uh, it has to be um it should be proclaimed in love and not in a combative attitude so when we talk to our students in class I. This is one of the biggest things, and and please understand that I've worked with many, many teachers and my job has always called me to be um, out there into different classrooms, no matter even, you know, even my first year teaching. So my particular title causes me to be in and out of classrooms, um, communicating with teachers, principals, all the in-betweens, and so one of the biggest mistakes that I see is how a teacher will respond to a, a student's behavior. And so, in responding inappropriately can either feed into the delusions the students may have, or the preconceived ideas that a student may have, or the, the behavior feeds, you know, the teacher's ego. In a sense, because there, you know, we all get upset when people aren't doing, you know, marriages don't work when two people want something and the other one's not giving it, you know. So, and it's, it's the same in the classroom, it's the same in in a organization, it's the same in the church, it's the same in the neighborhood. And so, when we, we see these issues that that come up and arise in our employees or in our coworkers, we we have to speak the truth in love regardless. And, and it doesn't mean that we can't put, we, we don't put our foot down when it's time to put our foot down. But even that, you know, we can wish them well as we're sending them on their way. We have to, hi, baby. Hi, Terry. How are you doing? Good morning. Um. So we have to speak that truth in love. So number two, what I had for you is that, um, when we speak the truth in love, we grow to be more like Christ. We have to have a corporate maturity, so that's a whole lot. And when you know, and the second point, but the the Bible says that when we're doing that, the other part of that was that um, from the whole body join and held together everything supporting and alignment grows and bundles itself in love as we each do our part before they it says to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head is christ so if you're being this authoritarian and you're supposed to be a christian it kind of confuses people Because nobody likes an evil dictator, so in all that we do, we have to make sure that we are looking like Christ. And the the Bible says that if we're if we're acting like this, if we're if we're doing, if we're if we're speaking the truth in love. We grow to become in every aspect the mature body of him who is the head. Christ is our head. He is the head of the church. And so for us to be like him, then when we're speaking truth, it needs to be done in love. So if there's something that we know that people aren't doing and I I'm working on myself every day and it's always a process it's a process of becoming always becoming who God has called us to be. He he has called me to be a teacher teacher in the classroom and teacher teacher of the gospel. Teacher um and so in that you know, I'm always becoming, I'm learning how to be these things. I'm learning how to be better and more mature in all these things. And so it's really interesting. The Matthew 8, 8 came into my mind, or let's we'll go back to 8 and 5. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Matthew 8 and 5. The this is the centurion. the story of the centurion in verse five, when Jesus said enter Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. And this is like a captain of a guard. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home, paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said, shall I come to him to heal him? Jesus is so sweet. He was going to come and do this. But the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you under my roof but just say the word and my servant will be healed. And see, this is this is the sign of a perfectly run organization. A boss should be able to say the word that this is what we need to do, and then it should be able to spread forth. And so even in our classrooms, we want it to be like that, but it's not always like that. We should be able to say the word, hey Adonis, how are you doing buddy? Um we should be able to say the word and that it spreads. And this is, in everything that Jesus does is an example, but this is the thing, everything that Jesus did, he said that we could do too, and we would do even more. So I'm gonna tell you this quick bad on me story. And it, it doesn't paint me the, in the biggest light. In the beginning. this was just a couple of months ago, and I know you'll like to hear this. So anyway, I a good friend of mine, which is a, um, a very good friend of mine, she got diagnosed with cancer, and I'm like, okay. So I told her, you know, I, I didn't feel like overwhelming dread, and so I didn't feel like this huge fear about her getting cancer. Although I did not want to lose my friend. And I was wondering why I didn't feel that. And so I told her, I said, hey, before I leave today, I'm going to lay hands on you and pray for you. Well, the day got crazy. Sorry, the day got crazy and I was not able to lay hands on her. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, my friend just got cancer. And I said I would pray for her. She's freaking out in her mind. And I didn't even take the time to go lay hands on her. So immediately this scripture about the centurion came to me. And I said, so I was in my car driving home. I think, it was, I don't know what I was doing, something with one of my kids. So I was in a hurry. But I, I said, Lord, I said, I believe your word. You said, I said, you said that the things that that you did that we'll be able to do. And so I prayed this Matthew um I prayed Matthew eight over my friend. I said, you know, cancer. I tell you to die in the name of Jesus. I tell you to go in the name of Jesus. And so I even, you know, I'd come in and check on my friend, but I forgot to tell you, tell her that I had prayed for her. And I know she thought that I wasn't. So it was a couple of weeks later, and um, pretty soon she was having to go. She was going to have to go in and get this cancer cut out of her. And I said, you know, I did pray for you i really did and she's like because she had looked at me one day something was on my mind she said what is it i know god told you something what happened the holy spirit told you something about me i said no sweetheart actually i've had a lot of peace about your situation but something else was going in my mind there was another battle going on and so i told her i said no because she knows that i'm i'm prone to you know being sensitive to the holy spirit so And so I didn't feel like dread or anything about that. And I prayed again and I prayed again after that. And I was like, I still forgot to lay hands on her. And so, but I prayed um, that father, you said we could just send that word. we have enough authority to do where we could send that word, send her healing to her and that she would be, um, that she would be healed. So it was the last week before we were getting out for vacation And so she had went to their doctor and they were going to, you know, cut the cancer out and everything. And so, so I went up after work. She, she had to work a little bit longer before her vacation, before she got her vacation. So I went to go talk to her and I said, you know, what's going on? She said, they said, they said I didn't need surgery. Well, what do you mean? They said there wasn't no cancer. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, this is the bad part. This is the bad part, but there's some restoration at the end. I was like, oh my gosh, we ought to, so we, we're going back and forth. We oughta, we ought to just sue them from scaring you so bad like that. You know, we need to write a letter to the board of, of whatever because you know, you know, they scared you like that. They shouldn't have scared you like that if they didn't know what they were doing. And then immediately the Holy Spirit said, You sent the word to heal her. And I'm like, oh. And then out of nowhere, she just lightly pulls out a picture, and this is where it' was miraculous. She pulled out a picture, or the ultrasound where there was cancer, laid it on the desk. Then she pulls out the picture where there is no cancer, two pictures of the same part of her body, one with cancer. One without cancer, and I was like, "Oh my God, oh my God, my God, he is good, and so there there is there 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 is functionality that has to go, and systems that has to go into place, and so you're wondering how that's tied to speaking the truth of love. It's about maturity. It's about maturity. That's the first time I've ever sent a prayer like that of healing. That was the first time. That was a sign of my maturity. I'm still. I'm not. I'm not saying that I'm the most mature person in Christ. That's not what I'm saying. My saying is that I was maturing. I am becoming. And as you become, you're a minister. You're a teacher. You're, you know, a corporate supervisor whoever you are becoming each day, you're learning more. That's what, that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're learning more. We're growing. Um, for me, it's trying to become more like Christ to become, you know, all these things contributed to, to, to uh, contributed to me being teacher of the year. It wasn't just because, you know, whatever, it was some maturity that had to take place. It was some systems that I had to learn throughout these 15 years. And, you know, and so, the last point I want to give you that you need that goes along with Ephesians, instead of speaking the truth and love, we grow to become where we're becoming, we're becoming. And so it's rational detachment. And so this is something I have to teach, um, especially since you, you know, the years that I did spend working over district behavior. Rational detachment is something I've had to teach teachers. This is something I had to learn many years ago, working with students that um, had severe behavior problems. Because you know, of course, they call us all kinds of names, throw chairs at us, all over, not wanting to do some math. You know, and so rational detachment. Um, I strive to practice. Uh, I strive to practice this. This beyond even the work environment. Rational detachment is something you have to do at home with your kids, It's something that you have to do with your husband, your wife. Rational detachment is something that you have to do with your neighbors. Rational detachment is something you have to do in your church. You have to rationally detach yourself from the behavior of others. It's the ability to manage your own behavior and attitude and not take Others' behaviors personally, so that's what rational detachment is. It's the ability to manage your own behavior and not take other people's behavior personally. And and I'm not going to talk about um, perception. That's a whole nother That's a whole another uh, training aspect about people's perceptions because perceptions are not always um, correct. And so, so, um, so that's what I'm gonna leave you today. It doesn't have to be your little um, study today. It doesn't have to be eternal to be immortal. So, the speaking the truth in love is a sign that you're becoming more and more like Christ, and that that's, he's the head of us, the head of our church, and should be the head of your life. And so, that's who we wanna strive to be like. Um remember that there are systems in place. And remember, we talked about um rational detachment. And when we, we're speaking the truth, that we're speaking it in love. Okay. I love you. Let's pray. And I'm gonna send you on your day. Father, I thank you for um, the time spent and everybody that's comes in. I thank you for all my YouTube viewers. I thank you for the Facebook of viewers. I thank you for um, everybody that's decided to join in on this these, this journal opportunity, Father. I pray that you bless it, but Father, right now I pray a special blessing over um, the people that are watched and the people that they they have influence with, Father. I pray, Father, that you remind us in those moments when we need to rationally detach, or detach from behaviors of others, and remember, it's not about us, but it's about how we reflect Christ in our life, how we reflect you in our life, and I I thank you, and I thank you for the calling that you've placed upon each of us, in the name of Jesus, amen. Y'all have a wonderful day, and I'll see you later. Share this video out. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel on YouTube. And share that with others so that we all may be blessed. And um, I thank you for watching. Bye-bye.